Well, hey, folks, welcome to Speaking of Auburn Hills, a podcast that bridges the gap of local government and fascinating. I'm Kyle Sislowitz, Media Communication Specialist for the City of Auburn Hills, and I'm joined, as always, by City Manager Tom Tangi. Good afternoon, everybody. Thanks to everyone listening right now. We hope you learned something valuable today. Uh, before we begin, we want to let everyone know that playback of each episode is available on SoundCloud or iTunes. Yes, iTunes. Uh, for your enjoyment, hit that subscribe or follow button and you'll never miss another episode. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for the latest and greatest news in the city. Just search City of Auburn Hills. And I can't forget to mention that a live video stream of each show is available, going on right now, on our Instagram page if you'd like to see our ugly mugs record this live. Hello everybody watching on Instagram. So, with all that said, let's, uh, let's get into the show. Last week, um, generic introduction, what Auburn Hills is all about. This week, we'll get a little bit more in-depth and a little more interesting takes, I think you could say, summarizing the city. So I think we teased at the end of the last show what we wanted to get into this week. So I'll let you you start and kind of introduce what you want to talk about. Well, I don't know if I'd say it's exciting, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) because most of it is uh, uh, financial-related matters. Uh, today I wanted to talk a little bit about um, what I would call f- four, if you want to call it four achievements of 2016, they are four changes that we had to make to city operations last year, uh, much of which was very different and unique for, uh, it, well, in terms of the history here in, in Auburn Hills, some financial decisions that we had to make and some modifications we had to make to our operations. Okay. Uh, so let's do it. Uh, highlights of 2016. Well, there really are four things that I wanted to talk about today. Um, uh, and I'll, 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 I'll list all four, and then I'll go into a little bit of detail on each one of them. Uh, one was uh, having to do with our fire department and providing adequate funding for our fire department. Uh, the second is uh, initiating special assessment districts. Um, the third was um, adjustments to our tax abatement policy. And the fourth thing was uh, contracting out a division of our operation. Um, so I'll, I'll go back in that order and talk about those things. But okay. I probably should, should first say that um, as a precursor to, to getting into more de- detail on these things, why we had to, in the first place, uh, address these issues. Um, first of all, everyone, I, I touched on uh, last time the, the crash of the economy in 2008 and the results of um, financial results uh, that uh, resulted, especially for municipalities, because values of properties went down significantly. And in our case, um, Auburn Hills lost a, a, almost 40% of its taxable value. And so. Which is a lot. It, it, it's a it's a lot of money, and it's the main source uh, of which uh, on which our revenue is generated. Um, our millage rates are um, are collected based on that taxable value, and we had uh, a taxable value uh, in the community of about two point six billion dollars, and that's dropped now to a current uh, total taxable value of between one point five and one point six billion. So um, we've essentially lost one, $1 billion in taxable value. And the corresponding result of that, of course, is uh, significant reductions in revenues. Um, 
but of course, everyone expects the same level of service, sure. but based on uh, tax revenues on a billion dollars less in value. So uh, unfortunately, you know, in this business, I can't just say, well, then we'll stop sending the ambulance or the police car because uh, that, it doesn't quite work that way. So that's a good lead, uh, lead into uh, the first change that we made. Uh, in 2016, we went to the citizens of the community and uh, we made the case for adequately funding our fire department. Um, the community here is, is very dynamic. You know, we're only 17 uh, square miles. Uh, about 23,000 residents, and that's kind of our sleeping population. Um, but daytime population swells to over 100,000 people. So you can imagine how many people we really have responsibility for protecting and, and providing service to. And um, that's got to make it a little tricky, too, when well, com combined, yeah, placing importance on your services. Absolutely, and also adjusting service levels to. Uh, a much smaller population at night to a much larger population during the day. It's a, it's a, it's a, a lot of work in terms of scheduling the adequate amount, an adequate amount of uh, staffing for that. So, um, for years, uh, we have three millages essentially that fund the city. There's a general operating millage. There's a fire uh, department millage to to fund the fire department operations, and a police millage uh, to fund police operations. And um, essentially what has happened over the years is the fire department millage has never really adequately funded the fire department. And uh, I continue to get very concerned along with our fire chief and, and the city council too that um, we've grown so substantially but we had not really grown the fire department. So we have tremendous assets here to protect. I mean, when you think about the Fiat Chrysler headquarters or uh, many of the other industries, Great Lakes Crossing outlets, and there's huge real estate here um, and uh, with huge capacities in terms of how many people visit uh, those facilities. You take the Palace, for example, a major arena. And um, we started realizing that, you know, we, we really don't feel comfortable with the amount of staffing we have in our fire department. And um, going into the beginning of 2016, we had, uh, we had 12 full-time firefighters. And, uh, I mean, think about that. This is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, 365-day operation uh, firefighting is and, and uh, life support. And we were doing it on 12 full-time firefighters. Now, um, you know, we, we were supplementing with, uh, with part-time and, and paid-on-call firefighters. But as far as having a full-time workforce in that department, 12 people. So we modified the way we were operating the department and... Um, and really did some things that created some greater efficiencies. And I, I uh, get, give credit to the, the, the fire chief who worked closely with me. And, and uh, we were able to save enough money to actually bring two new full-time firefighters on early in 2016. But we knew we really needed to do something more substantial than that. So we are now going into the beginning of 16 with 14 full-time firefighters. Well, we have three fire stations, and we were not even operating all three stations. So we, um, we analyzed uh, staffing, and we determined that the adequate number of full-time firefighters was 21. So we really needed to, to get uh, seven more full-time firefighter paramedics. And um, so we went, uh, we produced a campaign, went out to the citizens, and uh, really explained the importance of having the adequate staffing and equipment to operate all three stations and to uh, ultimately provide a, a better response time uh, for our citizens, which obviously is very important when it comes to 
uh, responding to medical incidents. And, um, and by a vote of uh, 73% in favor of a millage increase, we increased the uh, fire millage by a little less than three-quarters of a mil, um, um, which provided the adequate funding we needed. It added about a little bit more than a million dollars annually in revenue. So in the meantime, we've now fulfilled our, our promise, and we've, um, we have hired seven new full-time uh, firefighter paramedics. They're all on staff now, and they're all, uh, some are in various levels of training. And uh, we are operating all three of our fire stations. Wow. So, so, so going from just about two years ago, having 12 full-time to now having 21. Near, nearly doubling that total. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. And really still operating very efficiently. I mean, that isn't a huge number when you still put it in the context of 24-7, 365, but it's the minimum we really needed to operate. So um, we continue to operate efficiently and we have the adequate funding and the fire department no longer relies on the general operating millage uh, to um, subsidize it, which is what was happening. The whole point of having a, a uh, a designated millage for an operation is for that millage to pay for that operation. And ours hadn't been for years and years. And so now the current um, millage rate actually is um, funding the fire department. Gotcha. So, so, so that's, that's one major uh, hurdle of 2016. The second one is special assessment districts. And I won't need to spend as much time on this, but um, special assessment districts are when uh, the city makes uh, uh, an improvement within the community. Typically, some sort of infrastructure improvement is, is when SADs, as they are called, um, are utilized. And uh, many, many communities use uh, special assessment districts to help defer uh, the cost uh, uh, or share in the cost or cover the cost, whatever the case may be, um, with the community. And in our case, we had always had such a significant growing revenue stream that we always paid for everything out of city coffers, and we've never gone to um, uh, out, out to the community to ask for the community to share in any of those costs. So uh, based on our revenues, uh, it just no longer was possible. I mean, again, going back to the loss of 40% of taxable yeah. value. There's no way to sustain that. No, you, you, that you can't no. lose that much revenue and then just uh, continue to do business and ignore it. I mean, you, you, I, we would be bankrupting the community if we continued to support the infrastructure the way we always did mm -hmm. and, and try to do it on significantly less funds. And uh, obviously, didn't want, we didn't want to neglect that infrastructure. Um, this is a big business community. It's important to, uh, to keep the infrastructure in, in you know, tip-top shape, I guess, So is the best way to say it. So... Um, so we have, uh, we're, we're starting some um, infrastructure improvements this year. They're roadway improvements, and they're very specific to um, more of our industrial district areas um, and where the specific uh, beneficiary of the improvement is really an industrial district. So um, what we did do, though, is rather than shift the total burden to the property owners in those areas, um, we are still continuing to use city funds to, um, to pay for half the cost of those projects, and we're creating special assessment districts um, and having the property owners pay the other half. So you know, let's say you go in and you do a road replacement in an um, industrial area where there's a dozen industrial buildings. Um, 
and the project is $2 million, the city is contributing a million to that, and then the other million dollars is divided evenly among the other, uh, all of the property owners who are in that area. So, so that's something uh, new. It's not something that we're um, certainly thrilled about having to do, yeah. but there's no option. And I try to tell, uh, what, I, what I try to explain to uh, business and building owners is, especially business owners who may not be happy about having to contribute, I tell them, you know, the difference is, is that as their business grows, they completely reap the benefit of, um, let's say, productivity increases. Sure. In our case, um, because of the way the laws are written, we can only increase taxes by um, 5% or the rate of inflation, whichever is less. So even though uh, the values of our industrial buildings um, this year may be going up as much as double digits in value, mm -hmm. we can only increase them by 9 tenths of 1%, which is this year's um, rate of inflation, the CPI. So imagine going to a private business owner and saying, we understand that you're increasing production and sales by 10%, but you can only profit nine-tenths of 1% more. Yeah, that's, that's not a lot. <laughs> that's, that, that's where we're at. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so that's, that was a, the, our second um, uh, hurdle to get over in 2016. Um, third thing was tax abatements. We've always been... Um, sort of well-known for providing uh, economic incentives to attract business here. Um, it used to be that you could obtain um, an eight-year tax abatement, uh, and then in the eighth year, you would come back, and if you've met your obligations uh, on your eight-year tax abatement, you could uh, request up to another four-year extension. Um, what the tax abatement meant is that in order for us to attract you to the community, we would offer... Um, a 50% tax abatement, which just meant for those years that you had it, you only paid half the taxes that you normally would. And um, although we have hundreds of uh, industrial properties, we really only, we had less than 40 tax abatements out there, but they do impact our, our, um, our revenue generation. And um, so what we did in 2016 is City Council adopted a, uh, an amendment to the tax abatement policy. And we didn't do away with tax abatements, but what we focused on was reducing the duration of those. So um, it's more likely that future investments are, uh, will obtain maybe abatements in the four to six year range rather than in the eight to 12 year range. And um, that will really help our revenue stream uh, going forward. And as a, as a number of these abatements start falling off and they expire, these properties will then go to back to full value in terms of um, taxation and, okay. and will reap the benefit of a uh, of, uh, full revenue stream from, from, the, uh, from the taxes. So that's, uh, that's number three. And um, probably the most difficult uh, thing that we had to do last year is... Um, we investigated the cost of our, our uh, 911 dispatch. We had a local dispatch center. Um, there are a number of communities out there that have um, that are part of the Oakland County. We're, we're in Oakland County and uh, are part of the Oakland County dispatch uh, system, which is more regional in nature. And, uh, of course, the cost of personnel and benefits is very expensive. And so to operate our, our dispatch center out of um, our public safety building, was an annual budget of $1.2 million. Um, we investigated moving that operation to the Oakland County Sheriff's Department, and um, 
had found that they would do it for about one-third of that cost, for about $400,000. And um, as much as the, the dispatchers that we had um, did a great job for us, there's no denying that, um, they were great public servants, and uh, they did a, a very good job. But you can't ignore uh, doing something for one-third of the cost of what you used to do it for. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I would tell people that it's like going out and shopping for a, a, a new car lease. If one dealership uh, offers you a, a car lease for $300 a month and another one offers it for $100 a month and they are the same uh, lease, yeah. why would you ever pick the $300 a month, right? Yeah. So, um, so we've transitioned uh, as of last July to the Oakland County Sheriff's Department and um, uh, so far, so good. Um, it, it certainly is different. It's a regional service versus sort of the personal uh, local service, personalized local service that we uh, we had here. And uh, you know, change is always difficult, and we've worked through some startup uh, challenges. But um, we are now recognizing a, a substantial savings, which became necessary because our projections for funding our police department are starting to look similar to our fire department in that um, currently our revenues do exceed our expenditures in the police department, but um, they're getting closer to a break-even point. And so we had to do something that was going to reverse that trend, and, and this assisted in, in, in doing that. Uh, we wanted to keep our public safety building open and operating 24-7 in terms of um, walk-up service to a, a service counter in the lobby. So we did replace some of our dispatchers with some uh, clerks that work at, um, uh, at the front desk. Yeah. And so um, that's costing us some money, but we still are, um, are really enjoying substantial annual savings in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, so those are four things that we had to do. Um, very different from um, Auburn Hills past. Yeah. We were used to paying for everything and and so those are the changes we had to implement yeah it's just it's interesting how something that had happened gosh how many years ago was it now 2009 when the economy ago, yeah. yeah it that uh that's affecting 2016 2017 and yeah going <laughs> towards the future it is it has really had a, a lasting impact kyle um uh you know we're starting to see a bit of a stabilization and luckily we're a community that continues to grow so we are adding some new revenues because of um, uh, new development that's occurring. But as far as the existing development, that can only increase by the rate of inflation. You know, last year the rate of inflation was three-tenths of 1%. This year it's nine-tenths. Uh, when you've lost double-digit percentages and you're making it back up by three-tenths and nine-tenths, that's a long, yeah, that's a long, time. long haul back. <laughs> so Gotcha. Um, well, great. That's... Uh... That's a good summary of what... Oh, oh, there's our buzzer. It's our alarm. That means we've got to go to close here. It means I talk too long again. <laughs> it but... means time talk too long. <laughs> um, so, no, that was good. That was. Uh, I hope you guys found that interesting, everyone who's listening. Some of the hurdles and the challenges of 2016, definitely. Um, thank you for listening. This has been uh, episode number two of Speaking of Auburn Hills. Uh, we're going to let Tom tease something for episode three if he wants to real quick. Kind of a, Kind of a fun topic, I guess you could say. 
Yeah, um, you know, we are proudly the home of uh, Oakland University, and it's my alma mater, and, and in fact, I'm a current student at Oakland University, so um, I, I'd like to talk next time about a, uh, an ongoing discussion that takes place uh, about Oakland University's presence here in Auburn Hills. Um, it's an interesting situation. I'll get into detail the next time, but Oakland University has a, a Rochester address, and Rochester is a few miles from here. But the campus is um, geographically located partially in Rochester Hills and the city of Auburn Hills, and uh, we're going to have a little discussion about that, yep. and um, maybe we'll finally settle the the, the question of where is uh, Oakland University? Where in the world is Oakland University? Right, right. Great. So. But uh, until next time, have a great day, and uh, thank you for listening. <laughs>